You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. And welcome to Geeks Po. I'm Tim Robertson. I'm David Cohen. Back in the pub. Pubs have just opened here this weekend. Oh, good. They'll be closed in a couple yeah. of weeks. <laughs> uh, yeah, already. Uh, somebody, somebody from the Police Federation did a making point this morning that being drunk and maintaining good social distancing are two diametrically opposite concepts. Yeah, that's <laughs> that doesn't usually work well. Yeah. Um, I there's been some states that reopen too early, and you're seeing a huge resurgence here in the U.S. and uh, more so than any other country right now. Yeah. America's number one, as usual. And, uh, you know, it's funny how many people... I saw a really good thing on Facebook months ago. And it basically said... Uh, it showed a, a white lady in her car screaming. And it said, uh, I'm not wearing a face mask. It's my body, my choice. And then the caption was, and just like that, Republicans became pro-choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly mm-hmm. yeah, that's exactly yeah i know there's a lot of um lot of weird opinions out there but just looking at it from i mean they, here they deliberately these these rules were all relaxed at, at midnight on friday night um uh, going is saturday morning except for the pubs they moved that out, that relaxation till 6 a.m because they didn't want a big spike on friday night now i've i've never been a big like go out and night drinker anyway i like to go to the pub i like to have a couple of drinks i'm not a big drinker by any stretch of the imagination um i don't like getting drunk drunk um but uh i've never been one who goes out and kind of socializes in the pub with a group of strangers neither am i it's never been yeah. my thing yeah but you know i've been in pubs in that situation i recognize yeah that the whole point about going to a pub and having a drink in that situation it's a socialize yep. and obviously that means people are going to be close together people are going to be talking to each other and then of course you know they're drinking alcohol which lowers your inhibitions and tends to make you become a little bit less responsible and thinking about what the right thing to do is um i don't see that as being a great environment in where we are now so we'll see how it turns out here but um not um definitely not not my thing i will Look forward to going to a pub when I get a chance, but in a quiet setting, I think, and it probably won't be for some time. As long as it's an outdoor pub, you know. Huh? Outdoor pubs. <clears throat> outdoor pubs. Yeah. yeah. Well, some some here are doing that. They, you know, when the weather's good, they're doing that in the car parks. And obviously, I have this pub, which is yeah, the a, geeks it's, one. It's a yes. Here is where <clears throat> where the uh, the the entertainment that flows is not of the alcoholic. It's of the. Um, the entertainment and the uh, interest type. So I got my uh, iMac back. For those who listen to TechFan, uh, I was out of my iMac for a little over two weeks. Well, that was because the glass was out of your iMac for yeah. two weeks. And the front fell off. Yes. So I had been talking with OWC, and they decided they were going to help me out and fix it. And okay, they cool. gave me a really good price. And... Mm-hmm. They, the person that was kind of pushing forward and getting it all done took a vacation and he didn't leave adequate instructions to the team that was left behind that was actually doing the work. So it sat there for a week, which okay. didn't make me real happy, um, but they got it done yeah. and he actually over AM overnighted it um, the second day he was back. So right. I told him, I said, Hey, we, I've got a four day weekend coming up and I would really, really like my Mac back. It's okay. hard for me to stay on top of my work stuff from home from an 11-year-old, 12-year-old laptop. The CRM, yeah. just it's so slow, it's its really bad. And that machine that I was using, uh, the 15-inch MacBook Pro, is old and it just did not perform well in multitasking. Like when yeah. we were talking about stuff on the show, I really couldn't have multiple page open in Chrome and run GarageBand to record myself at the same time. And it just yeah, it, everything would just like, bog way down. And there's a there's something to be said there about the um, code efficiency of modern applications versus um, older ones. Um, but but yes. So now Appreciate I am uh, back up and running, and my machine is running uh, Catalina ten point five point ten point fifteen point five. There's a new one, right? Catalina's what from uh, after Catalina after ten point fifteen five. 
Oh, I don't know. Or is Catalina the latest one? Catalina is the latest one until <clears throat> uh, September when Big Sur comes Big out. Sir. Big Sur. I'll jump on that after a point two or three. Um, so now this machine, it has a screen. That's, you know. Always good. Stuck there. Uh, running 3.6 gigahertz quad core Intel Core i3. I don't need an i5 or an i7. Uh, 32 gigs of RAM. How about that? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm happy. That he, and of course, a two terabyte SSD. Um, it's running great. It boots up in about, oh, I don't know, eight seconds, 10 seconds. Yeah. So much faster. I can have multiple windows. You know, we can wax nostalgic all we want about how fun technology used to be. It really does suck compared to what we have now. <laughs> well, yeah, but the, here's the weird thing is that the stuff we were doing 10 years ago is not that different from what we're doing in now. And yet it all worked on those 10-year-old machines with the software that was available at the time. So you do have to wonder... You know where where are, and I think this, we talked about this on on geeks on the uh, geeks fan on on tech fan last week about you know we we're getting these new faster ARM processors but actually we're not doing all that much more than we were doing on the older ones um, and uh, and it's certainly true yeah it absolutely you know, is we we would do we we could it, the the problem for, for first the problem you mentioned before the CRM on your uh, work system so the internet has gotten much more cody in the last 10 years Yo, no so you question. take you take an old machine running uh, the browser that was available at the time and try and put it on the modern internet and it chokes and that's isn't because the internet has changed it's not because the machines change the internet every page you go to is running all this code in the background all the time it's desperately inefficient um and the machines can't struggle with it. you go go back to something that used to run the internet perfectly fine like a a powerbook g4 running safari um, and it's it's barely usable now because of all that code and the expectation of it being able to all process in the background and the machines can't cope with it. So that's that's one thing. But then the the, the rest of it, things like Photoshop, um, GarageBand, um, those sorts of things. Well, you know, we could we could produce a podcast like this. You and I both did produce podcasts like this on Even those 15 machines. years ago. Sure. Yeah, exactly. And And it all worked. It worked pretty much the same as it works now. The only thing it was when you came to the final render or the convert to MP3. Nowadays, it does it faster. Though I have to say, not as much faster as you would think. <laughs> mm, I don't know. When I do it on my machine, I can convert an entire show from an AIF file to an MP3 in about ten seconds. Yeah, um, maybe. Um, it I kind of depends. I I find on my uh, 2019 um, power, um, MacBook Pro laptop which is a mid-level machine. It's not a high-end machine. It probably takes 30, 40 seconds to do the MP3 encode from GarageBand. Um, and every time I watch that, I think this should be faster. I don't think GarageBand is using all the cores, to be honest. Oh, I don't think it is. No. Which is, again, is kind of dumb, because why Why wouldn't it? You know, all that stuff's been put in there, and it's still pretending like it's only got a single processor. Well, I think so. a lot of that will change with the new Mac OS and the architecture we got coming out and the processors. Um, yeah. You know, we talked about this on the last tech fan that Apple and PC makers in general has been really hamstrung by the inability of Intel to really break through to the next level of technology. They just haven't done it. Um, I don't know if it's apathy on their part, um, a, a lack of innovation, uh, a, a loss of, of brain power in the company. I don't know, but. It doesn't really uh, I matter. Th- I, th- I think that yeah. you know. I, I think within. I think with Intel, they've actually just boxed themselves into an architectural corner. They've done as much as they can do with x86. Yeah, uh, they and don't the, want to admit it. There, there literally is nowhere to go at this point. They can't make the processors faster because they're coming up against the laws of physics. They've struggled to get the latest 14 nanometer uh, manufacturing process working, um, and you had and to, to improve speed uh, and reduce thermals, you have to go lower and it becomes increasingly difficult to do that. And at the same time, because x86 is built the way it is, you can't make any more radical changes to it. They've added extra cores. They've um, introduced all these pipelines and things like that. And that those are now found to be a dead end because they can be exploited for security reasons. There's absolutely nothing they can do with it apart from start again. Yep. And backwards compatibility means they can't start again. So 
let's turn to some geeky stuff, although yeah. what we're talking about is geeky. Um, specifically, let's talk about DC for a minute here. Yeah. A couple big mm-hmm. things happened uh, in the DC realm of movies and TV shows and stuff like that. Number one, David joined the Marvel and DC movie and TV discussion group on Facebook. Uh, yeah. I created that a long time ago. It's kind of a... Not a lot of stuff gets posted there, but every now and then I'll come across something and remember that I started that group and I'll post something. There's only like 10 people there. If you're on Facebook and you want to join that group, by the way, hit me up on Facebook and I'll add you to it. Um, and like any... And the same thing with our Star Wars group. We got one of those as well. We don't do spoilery stuff right at the beginning. If we're going to have a discussion, we wait to make sure people's had adequate time to watch. Um you know what what's being discussed but the big push for dc when they decided that they were going to create their universe was kind of being led by zack schneider mm-hmm. he did the first superman movie man of steel which i actually like i think yeah, i think man of steel is a good movie there's some uh, hits or misses in there uh, I, I, I thought Kevin Costner being cast as Paul Kent was brilliant, except I didn't like the portrayal. Um, fearful for his sons being, you know, identified as, as different. And I get it, but at the same time, it's like, uh, um, But everything else I liked about it. Yeah. You know, I thought the yeah. scenes on Krypton were awesome. You mm-hmm. know, Russell Crowe is his biological father. That was awesome. All that was just great. Um, and I think him as Superman, Carvel as Superman, he he looks like what Superman would look like. You know, he's, he's personable. He's got a great smile when he smiles. He looks like he'd be inspirational. And I thought that movie set up what could have been fantastic for multiple movies and all these characters. Um it was a little dark in places, but I thought they could, did a really good job of kind of laying the groundwork. And like Schneider usually does, he screw things up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were, I think we all recognize there were some key mistakes in that movie. The whole, you know, um, killing killing General Zod is is obviously very controversial for the character. I could kind of, I could kind of get behind it in that. You know, in the story they created in that universe, there wasn't really anywhere else for him to go. Um, and I think, I think trying to trying to bring some real, real grittiness to it in terms of sometimes you have to make the impossible decision. I think was a bold choice. Yep. Um, I, I, you know, I, I could have forgiven that if it hadn't been for a lot of what else went wrong in the movie. The whole effectively i know I, schneider was trying to go for the you know what would claim to be i think in the original series movies the best scenes which was the fights in in metropolis between zod and and superman but the problem is is the level of destruction which with complete disregard for the people who were who were um being annihilated alongside with it was it it wasn't it reminded me okay, quite a bit it reminded me of the justice league cartoon that ran for Four seasons, and it was yeah. that was in the same universe as Batman, yeah. the animated series. And uh, kind of look, you can, I think you can get away with that in a cartoon. I think you know. No, but the just the way with, you hit, he, Superman would get hit by someone extremely powerful, and he would yeah. bust through three buildings before cratering. Yeah, but what I'm saying <laughs> is, you can you can pull that off in a cartoon in a way you can't with realistic CG, particularly in a in a universe where realist in in true fashion we've seen 15 15 years before we saw two colossal buildings collapse with three thousand people inside but they yeah. do address I, that with I, the very next movie uh, batman versus uh, superman yeah but yeah but the, they, they didn't address it in that movie and that was the problem no, i didn't and, think and that from I, a stylistic okay from that. a stylistic choice from a stylistic choice i feel it was crass oh i agree it with that but it was crass. addressed though I mean, that's it, well, the motivating factor yeah, but, that yeah, but, but Batman the, wants to take down Superman. I know. I understand that. But the point is, is that he didn't address it at the time. And I suspect he only went that direction with uh, what happened in Batman versus Superman because of all the negative um, 
feedback from that first movie. He didn't think about it at the time he was doing the movie. And this is I think Zack Snyder did. all over. I kind of think he oh, did. I and I think that the reason they did the way they did is because it was a mandate to get to Justice League as soon as possible. No, and well, I think that's the problem. Know, well, yeah. I mean, the, the, I, I think you, you're probably right in that the rush to world build is... is well, it, it can be done right or it can be done wrong. The problem is the word rush. And rushing is... And, and there's too much of this now, unfortunately. Yeah. The, you know, we, we've, we've talked at, at length, and I think the last Geeks, Geeks fan, uh, pub we did, we talked at length about how amazing Marvel's world building is. Absolutely. But the downside of Marvel's world building is the fact that now everyone's trying to copy it, and most of them are copying it badly. And it's really getting out of control now. And I'm, I'm kind of getting sick of it. I really am kind of getting sick well, of it. Well, let's take that on the flip side. And this is where uh, a little bit more here on DC, guys. Um, yeah. Ben Affleck re-signed a contract to play Batman again with HBO yeah. Max. Now, some people may see this and just go, I don't care. But I think this is a great thing. Number one, I really did like his portrayal of Bruce Wayne and Batman. He was completely believable. I, I really, really did enjoy it. But that being said, what about this other Batman movie? What about this Joker movie? And well, what DC is doing in their TV properties is creating a multiverse. And I love that concept. And DC was the first to really have a multiverse in the comics. Um, I like that you can have the same characters appear in different movies and properties. And as an audience, you just know, okay, this isn't related to this other thing. There's nothing wrong mm, yeah, well, with that, uh, because look at the Joker uh, well, movie we got, is which is great. That Joker yeah. movie is really good. Yeah. Will the Batman uh, movie there... with this actor who I can't stand be good? I got an idea that it probably would be pretty freaking good. I I don't have a problem with the multiverse generally. I think adopting it as a strategy is a, is a weak mistake. Oh, I don't. Um, I think this allows them to well, tell uh, movies... And show their properties in different settings. Why why box yourself in the way Marvel did and say everything has to happen in this universe? Well, I like the that idea. With that, Tim, the, yeah, the problem with that, Tim, is that for comic book fans like you and me, that's absolutely fine because we spend the time looking at this and going, well, we understand what continuity works with which continuity and how this kind of hangs together and what the possibilities are. But the problem is the the bulk of the moving going public don't. I don't yeah, think they care, they are, though. No, they, they, well, they do care. I'm sorry. They are going to care when they go and see, in the space of two years, three or four, when they see three or four different Batman properties with different people, and they're going, what the hell's going on here? How come this guy is playing Batman now? And I, I saw that last Batman movie, and this happened, and now it's not happening. And why does that... The problem is, multiverses only work if everyone's bought into it. And the problem is... Most people aren't going to be bought into it. And you can say, well, they don't care. But actually, people do care. People do not like going to a movie theatre to watch a movie and thinking, I don't understand what's going on here because the last movie I saw with this character I like in was completely different. It had different people, different cast. So explain, cars, explain and, and the success of assume, Joker. But... It doesn't extend to Joker. It does, hundred percent. You just no, saw because him there was in, no you, Batman. There was no Batman in Joker. But you just saw Joker. Right? It was a in, film about the Joker, right? right? And you Everyone just saw him every- in uh, Suicide Squad. It's a totally different guy. Acted totally well, different. I've, well, there's there's for, there's there's a couple of things there. First of all, is um, people are used to being the Joker played differently all the time, but actually, it's always the same character, right? He always behaves exactly the same way. Even in Joker, you can go in and say, okay, so this is the guy who becomes a Joker. I understand how he became the Joker. It doesn't fly in the face of of anything else you might have seen about Joker before. It does but if the it problem takes is the when place you, in the 70s, and then all of a sudden you're seeing him 30 years, 40 years, 50 years you know, later. Time, is, time like that is, is not a problem, especially for superheroes. But the difference is, is that when you see Batman, and he's played by two different guys, you can buy that he's been recast. We've seen Batman movies where this happened before. But the problem is, is you don't... If What's going to happen, for storytelling reasons, I'm sure, is that at one point... You know, they're going to kill off somebody who's then going to appear in a different movie because it's a different universe or a different continuity. You know, and there's going to be a continuity where Batman and Wonder Woman are in the same universe. 
and then in another in another type of movie you're not you, wonder woman will be dead or should we mention something and people are going to go hang on what, what's going on here and then they're going to go hang on a minute now batman's got different this and different that and, and i don't understand why these movies are, are close together they even the even the joel schumacher movies there was quite a big gap between each of them so you could kind of swallow the changes between each one but i don't think you're going to be able to do that here when everything is close together in linear time in terms of when we see these different properties i think the problem is people are going to be confused they're going to go hang on a minute i thought robert patterson was batman and i thought he was like in the 30s yeah and now here's um ben affleck as batman don't forget they're talking about bringing michael keaton in as well yeah which i yeah. love i think that's uh, a great play, idea uh, well it's a great idea look it's, all of these on their own are great ideas the problem is you can't do all of them Put it all out there and then, excuse me, I hit my microphone stand. Put it all out there and then see what sticks. I think you can. That is what they're, no, I don't think so. I, th I think they are making the same mistake they made before, which is we don't know what's going to be successful, so we're going to do it all and hopefully some of it will be well, successful. that's kind of, it's the, just, that's Hollywood, I mean. Yeah, I know, but but this isn't this. You, we've talked about how great the Marvel world building was. This is not the way Marvel did it. Correct. Marvel had an ongoing plan and then they said, right, fit your movie it, here you build your movie you build your story and everything and then when you've got everything ready to go we'll just look at it and say well can we just tweak this here and there because we have a wider plan oh and by the way we're not telling you what that plan is we're managing that plan so you just do this and then we're all copacetic and then we'll let you to get on with it and that is the marvel approach and that has worked brilliantly as we've seen over what 20 odd movies now but you just said you're that downside of marvel is that everyone's trying to ape that yeah, they're trying to ape it, but they're trying to ape it in a way that they're so desperate for the money that they're not going to spend the ten years that Marvel's done doing it. They're going to go right. I want it. I want it. I want it done within three years. And one way they're doing this, they've tried to do this, is with um, very rapid world building in the in the Justice League universe, as as you could call it, right? And they didn't pull that off for a variety of reasons. Yeah, most of them are named Snyder, um, and then. They then so now they're going right. Well, well, we can't do that anymore. So one now, what we're going to do is we're just going to do every idea that comes to us. We're going to greenlight it, and we're going to do it. And some of it we'll do on HBO Max, and some of it we'll do in the in the movie theaters, and some of it we'll do on TV. Um, I believe they've now established the Arrowverse as as a even though the Arrowverse already has the multiverse in it, yep. which they've they've managed very well and very carefully and everything like that, and that is should be a self-contained universe they've now gone oh no that's part of the larger universe so much so that they've, they've put ezra miller into absolutely it as a different flash right well it, the problem is the bigger you make it the more confusing it becomes and the more uh, the, the more opportunities you get for people to go well i don't care any about anything like that i can just claim it's the multiverse right and the whole thing just becomes a mess and the difficulty is, is that people will get tired of it. They're already getting tired of it. They're already getting tired of bad superhero movies. They're already getting tired of bad world building. Yeah. And I don't think this is going to address that problem at all. And and I think it's going to confuse people. And ultimately, these characters that we love are going to suffer because eventually at some point, people are going to go, oh, the DC stuff, just forget it. And all these characters are going to disappear from the screens. Well, I think a lot and, of people already know, got to that point with DC after Justice League. Exactly. And I don't see this turning it around by basically, I don't think what you do, it, effectively what, what DC are doing, they go, okay, so we've looked at everything we've done. What's worked best? Wonder Woman's worked best. Yeah. And Batman, people still going on, even though we've done different things, people are still going on a Batman, Batman, man. Let's do more Batman. Oh, that means we've got three different Batman things on the go at once. That's fine call it a multiverse it's fine let's just do it and one you know what one of those will probably be hugely successful then we'll we'll kind of back that horse it's completely lacking in judgment and direction and i i'm i am tired of that that's what i'm really tired of i can live with the world building but the lack of judgment lack of direction um and the ability to just basically pay to use the multiverse as an opportunity to just paper over mistakes rather than owning them and saying oh well, okay well this time we're going to do things differently so you think they should just start from scratch at this point? I I think whether they start from scratch or build on what they've already done doesn't really matter. The point is they've got to have a plan more than just do more and see what sticks, hmm. which is what the plan is at the moment. It sure seems that's like not, that. That's actually not a plan. Now, what do you think about that's the Snyder plan, Cut then? 
Well, I, I can't really comment until I've seen it. I think it's going to change um, a lot of that movie. Here's it, my problem. It probably will. So which one do we assume is the correct one then? Okay, so the one oh, that came out originally, definitely. which, by the way, I started watching a little bit this morning, it's a mess. I mean, it, there's yeah. so much about this movie that's just bad. The good stuff you could have built on. I, I like all the Batman stuff. Um, Steppenwolf is horrible. Uh, I liked when they bring Superman back and he fights the Justice League for a second. I thought that was great. Um, but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But no. the characters, I liked Wonder Woman in the movie. Um, but it's not the best version of Wonder Woman, of course. There's some yeah. things that's definitely redeemable in the movie. But it, it felt too dark. And then bringing in Josh Wheaton to Avengerize it, if you will, simply yeah. didn't work. Um, and I, I, I'll be honest. I was not one to sign a petition to say give Zack Schneider a chance to finish his movie, um, which really is the third in a trilogy of movies that he was making. And we know Darkseid was going to be in it. Um, I'm kind of curious to see it. I'm curious to see it. I don't think it's going to redeem the movie um, because the Snyder Cup's going to be, apparently, is a four-hour movie. Um and he would have had to cut it down anyway. Even if he'd stayed with the project, he would have had to cut it down to two and a half hours at most. He doesn't have to on means, HBO Max. No, he doesn't have to. But the, the point is, is I, you know, go back in time and say, you know, he didn't suffer that personal tragedy and he brought Justice League to fruition the way he wanted to with his vision. I don't think it would have been much of a better movie, even if, if it hadn't had the involvement of Joss Whedon and the rewrites and, and the studio um, meddling and all of that sort of thing. I, I fundamentally don't think Zack Snyder is a good movie maker. That I 100% agree with. I think yeah. Zack Snyder, yeah. from the very beginning, was a bad choice. Um, yeah. And and he's made some horrible other movies that looked... Uh, what was the one he did with... Um, uh, with the girl from... Uh, the girl from The Thing. <laughs> Sorry, I saw Yeah, that helps. Big, the one girl big, that was in that one... Up, Sucker pin, sucker punch. She was in um, uh, a uh, what was it? A series of unfortunate events, or whatever it was. And then the next big thing she did was uh, Sucker Punch, the Zack Snyder movie. Now, as a concept, Sucker Punch was amazing, but it was just such a mess. Uh, it was a bad movie. It really, really was. It was a bad movie. It, you know, even even by the standards of when it was made, people went, mm, "This is a little bit, a little bit." Um, me too, hashtag me too before hashtag me too came out you know it would it seemed to be objectifying and glorifying girls in school dresses rather than uh, making them the badass kind of heroes which it was trying to pull off um so even back then it was a little bit unfortunate but you know not apart from that yeah it was just a bad movie and it was a typical example of spectacle and effects over real story um and i, and I think that's his problem i really do think he, he's kind of like um a, a, you know a subpar Michael Bay because at least when you go and see Michael Bay movie it might be a mess and it might not make sense but at least in parts of it you're going wow that's an amazing action scene whereas even with uh, even with that I don't think he pulls those off particularly well either no so, I agree um, yeah so I, I think he's a, I think he's a B-rate Michael Bay really um, and with kind of the same sort of sensibilities you know I don't know obviously don't know him as a person I'm just judging his work because judging is what we do <laughs> but um yeah i don't i don't believe the snyder cut will oh it's cool we'll get to see it it's cool we'll get to see his original vision i don't think it's going to redeem justice league or anything else that dc has done um you know and uh and i think uh yeah they're, they're just throwing stuff at the wall they're taking the stuff that works look, look what they did with birds of prey yeah we they called it birds of prey but in fact it was a harley quinn yep. movie now I remember I liked that movie. You didn't. You you really didn't like it. And I thought it was really really great. That's because I really like Harley Quinn and I like how she gets played in that movie. Uh, Having said, a recent Alexander and I sat down and watched the first season of the cartoon Harley Quinn. Yeah. Wow, that was so much better than the Birds of Prey movie. I've heard. I mean, it was really really it. good. Oh, you, it's it's pretty good. It really is. Pretty. It's kind of smart, and you know, it's um. If you don't dig the character of Harley Quinn, it can get annoying. But if you if you like kind of the thing about you know her trying to find herself in a 
in a world where she's always been a sidekick. Yeah, it's good. And, and you know, as a cartoon, it's pretty entertaining. Well, she started as a cartoon. A lot of people assume that Harley Quinn came out of comic books, and she totally did yeah. not. Her first appearance yeah. was Batman the Animated Series in the end of the 80s. No, I think it started in the 90s. Because it yeah. came out right after the Batman movie, which was 1989. So it was definitely a, yeah. a child of the 90s. And yeah. that, quite that, honestly, yeah. is the very best portrayal of Batman of all time. Yeah. So so this is kind of funny in that they have they kind of they they kind of make fun of Batman. They certainly make fun of other characters in the Batman universe hit in hilarious way. I mean the way they treat some of the uh, Bane, the way they do Bane in in the cartoon is so funny. Um, Where did you see re- that? Uh it's been on TV here. It's been on the on the on Channel 4. Um, one of our uh, terrestrial channels it's been they've been running it i think i think they've broken it down into two seasons so far uh and um so they've just run the first season like over the last six weeks so like a couple of episodes every week um and it, I, i've got to be honest with you this has been one of the highlights of my of alexander's and i's week you know he kind of loves it because you know, it's, it's a grown it's a grown-up cartoon yeah, so I've you heard. know there's a lot of swearing in it and a lot of uh, violence and all of that you know and it's it's funny to see that but actually it is seasons. pretty whips yeah it's pretty whip smart and some of the side characters are also very very funny um it's it's good i really hope it gets picked up for another season because it really is i've heard that it's entertaining done well. yeah if but only if you like I mean, basically it's the same plot as Birds of Prey. It's about um, Harley Quinn finally dumps the Joker um, and she tries to strike out on her own. Um, the smart thing they did is they've given her a sidekick of Poison Ivy. who's a, They portray a little bit like um, like Daria. You remember oh, yeah. Daria from the Beats and Butter? A little bit like that. She's, you know, she's kind of, she's there for a friend, but she's kind of cold and sardonic and, and she's the straight, straight man to Harley Quinn. Um, and it kind of really works. It's very, very... And then they take her on her own arc. So, um, yeah, you should you should watch. It's a lot of fun. If you like that idea of, you know, this crazy chick trying to, you know, find her own place in the in the world of villains sort of thing, you know. So DC um, Universe ordered 26 episodes of that series, which they broke into two half-hour seasons. And yeah. the original order is uh, finished. Um, yeah. doesn't say yeah, it was revealed that a second season was produced and would be available to stream April. So that's what we just got. Um, nothing about, nothing about if it's coming back or not. Well, that's again, that's because DC is all about throwing it in the wall and seeing if it sticks. They're obviously deciding how much it stuck before they put more money. Into what do it. you think about now? Did you watch many of the DC animated movies? Because, on a whole, I've they're seen, very well done. Yeah, I've seen quite a few of them because Alexander's a big fan. Other than so, the uh, ones that break out in kind of the Elseworld type of movies, they've all pretty much consistently been in the same universe, which started in the 90s, like I said, with Batman the Animated Adventure. Um, yeah. They said they're going what, to... What, what I would, they're going to reboot what I would it call, now. Yeah, what I would call the Square Joy universe. Why? Because Well, because all the... All the characters have square jaws. Oh, okay, yeah. It's the Tim. It's, I, mean? I call it the Tim Sale universe because he was kind yeah, of yeah, exactly. It's, it's it's like it's like yeah. That, yeah. The, there was the Batman and there was Superman and the Justice League. I've seen probably most of the different versions of the Justice League cartoons because well, there was uh, two. There was Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Yeah, but were, like you say, there was the and same the kind movies. of continuity. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they're they're going to reboot that. They said. And the first of the new ones is going to be called Superman Man of Tomorrow. And I saw a preview of it and it looked quite good. I'm looking forward to that. I think that, again, in some respects, I wish the people that were in charge of the DC animation was in charge of DC Extended Universe. Um, yep. Because they understand the characters. You know, they, they get it. And for the most part, they're... They're really taking the, the, the stuff that they did in the comics to the screen. And that's the way, that's what Marvel did. Obviously, they had to change some things. But on a whole, I think they've done a really good job. Um, and DC yeah. Extended, or DC Animation did the same thing. So mm-hmm. I kind of wish that they would be in charge of the the movie franchises, if you will. 
I would prefer that they were all related, but since they made such a mess of it, I don't mind that they're making standalone movies that are outside of the rest of it. I want to see a different Joker movie, and I'm glad they did it. Uh, Now they're talking about they're going to do a second one, and I think that's a huge mistake. That's where they went, oh, look, we made a bunch of money. Let's do that again. And that's I 100% agree with you at that point. Why not yep, let them do something different now? And not only that, do you think Joaquin Phoenix would want to come back for Yeah, that? he said he does. Does he? Does he really? Well, what? He's got a lot of stuff on his plate. Well, I can't help feeling... Uh, you He's know, a great I'm, actor. I'm, he could do whatever he, he wants actor. to do. He is in of a... Of course he does. But that's exactly the point. I can't help feeling that great actors like that don't want to keep doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah, he's had he's had the plaudits, he's had the the awards, he's had the the, the acclaim, he's had he's he's created something that, frankly, before it came out, everyone thought it was going to be disaster. Yeah, and it was a brilliant movie. Why would he want to do a sequel to that? That apart from money, I don't get the impression that he's an actor who who works works for big paychecks. Maybe the concept yeah? and that he they approached know, him with on a second movie was yeah, very compelling. He must, yeah, but he must know that any sequel to that is never gonna is never gonna beat the first one because you know the second one they're gonna they're not gonna be able to resist having batman in it yeah well they had him in the first one barely (laughs) that felt like it was shoehorned in yeah well of course but uh you know i i i just i i can't i mean if you and i who are fans right think it's a bad idea yeah, I can't help feeling that Joaquin Phoenix, who created that particular version of the character in that particular space and environment, is going to look at any script they give him and go, "This is a bad idea." No, uh, I agree. And at that point, I, I and at that point is surely it's going to be, you know, well they're going to keep throwing money at him, and eventually he'll either go, you know what, it's so much money, it'd be stupid for me not to turn up to work. Um, or alternatively, he's going to say, you know, I'm not not interested. At which point, then they're going to go, oh, well, we can't give on up, up in it. Who do we quick go through your agent phone book? Who do we know who can who we think can act and looks a little bit like Joaquin Phoenix? Maybe, but even yeah. if he doesn't, there will be another Joker movie. Yeah. Well, there will be. But again, that's creating yet another continuity. Yeah, and a yet another sort of space in the multiverse the problem with the multiverse is multiverse just becomes an excuse to just write off your mistakes as going oh well that was a different part of the multiverse you know and and it's i think as it's a weak excuse it doesn't it doesn't really i don't think it really gels to people i think it, it comes across as a cop out now so frankly. so and so then i would love to get your take because you're also part of the star wars group yeah um same people. Same people, pretty much. <laughs> so they're talking about a story out there that Disney is yeah. going oh, to reset. By the way, can, yeah, just before we get into that, can I say the websites you're getting these stories from are terrible? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm just finding them on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're they are really, horrible really writers. bad. The one... The one with the with the DC yep. thing, I looked through some of the articles, and it was quite. First of all, it's the same one guy writing all of them, yeah. And it's like, well, this is not a website. This is this is your personal alternative to to a Facebook page. Yep. Um, but secondly, is that you, you? It's quite clear that you know he he exhibits some of the worst aspects of uh, of comic book fandom. It's quite clear he's pretty down on the the female leads. Doesn't like Ray, yeah, and you know and, and every single kind of rumor he finds he turns up into like this will save film comics and it's just like yeah you have no judgment yeah. at all well let's talk about that's Ray for a minute. see i i loved yeah. ray and the force awakens i thought it was yeah. a super fresh take on her how she became a jedi and learns about her power i thought they made her a little bit too powerful for her to be able to stand up to kylo ren that quickly was implausible yeah but i i and here's the thing i'd always thought in star wars that there was a a clear dividing line between being able to use the force and being able to fight fight with the lightsaber it always came across to me that 
you could be the world's best force user. That did not mean you would win a lightsaber fight because at the end of the day, that involves training to fight with a sword. Yeah, exactly. Which is not something you get from the force. Mm -hmm. So with that whole scene where all of a sudden she can fight toe-to-toe with um, Kylo Ren, yeah, really came across, well, hang on a minute, and of course it was J.J. Abrams who didn't really love a lot of the source material, so he kind of blurred it all up because... He, he thought it'd be better that way but i always thought well that doesn't really kind of gel it bothered you know? me and you saw it. the second viewing i realized that kylo ren was severely injured from uh the blaster from yeah. chewy so he he was yeah. maybe at 10 percent, and she could hold her own against him at 10 percent. but my problem yeah, with ray is she was an extremely interesting character in the force awakens and from that point on there was zero character growth it was yeah. her gritting her teeth and being broody the whole time. Her whole time with Luke Skywalker in Last Jedi was extremely boring. Um, and yeah. then her character in, um, what was the last one called? Uh, uh, Rise of Skywalker. The, the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Um, was, it was awful. It, there was nothing redeeming about her character. She was extremely boring. Uh, it, and and a flaw I think you could you could lay at the door of Luke Skywalker in the first trilogy, um, particularly in the in the training continuity. He went from being half trained and impulsive before he left Dagobah in um, Empire, yeah, and then he goes away. He fights he fights uh, Darth Vader, yeah. He loses his hand. He gets replaced with a robot hand. He then goes to rescue Han Solo, um, which clearly from the way they lay it out takes a little bit of time. Um, and then he goes back to, to Dagobah just as, as Yoda's about to die. And during that time, he apparently transitions from being a half-trained impulsive Jedi to a fully trained, I'm going to act like a Jedi Jedi, with no additional training. Uh, I assume that he had been training by himself from what Yoda taught, because you only see part of the training from Yoda. They don't show you everything, obviously. Yeah, but the, but the reason, I, reason I raise it is because... They kind of did exactly the same thing with Rey in between the second in the second yes. and third movies. She went from being an untrained Jedi to a fully trained Jedi. Well, but Leia and then did they shoehorn, yeah. Well, they shoehorned that they shoehorned that scene in to say so. All of a sudden, Leia was, a, was a, not only was she a Jedi herself, but a Jedi trainer. Um, you know, and and we all recognised there was a desperate urge on Abrams' part to use use some Carrie Fisher footage as a tribute which to was a mistake I, yeah yeah it was a mistake and I don't think it landed no. and again it, I, I think it emphasizes <clears throat> the lack of care that was put into the development of Ray's character she basically she became a MacGuffin yes from the second movie onwards you know she's just the person who has to be there to move the plot along yep. because the plot is all about the force yep um, and and that and that was kind of really what killed it for me. Well, it, but in fact, it was it wasn't just that. It was the fact that every other action scene in both those movies were kind of the same thing. They were just moving the plot along to the next action piece, and there was there was very little character development, yeah, if any. Um, yeah. So, what do you think about them possibly? And I, uh, I don't know if Disney will do it. Um, and that's resetting everything, pretending those movies didn't happen, or having a movie that basically erases them from history. So, so here again, this is the, this is my same argument. Oh, I agree with you. I that's why I brought don't, it up. I, yeah, I don't think the average movie-going audience. You do not. You there are not enough. Not even for Star Wars, there are not enough fans out there to make to to sell the billions of dollars of tickets that are required to make these movies the sort of success that the the studios want yeah most of those movie going public are casual movie goers who go yo there's a great new star wars movie uh, star wars is always fun star wars is always great we know what star wars is i remember star wars from my childhood i'll go and see a star wars movie right i don't think most of those people yeah, know the ins and outs of this universe at all. They know the broad beats from the original yep. three movies. It could be because they're in culture now. Everyone knows Luke. You are my uh, Luke. You're my. I'm your father. Everyone knows that the uh, emperor, the emperor is bad. Everyone knows that the empire always builds a big space ball, and then the the bag, the good guys have to blow it up. Those are the beats that everybody knows. Everyone knows that the force is the mystical way and all that sort of thing. Yeah, these. 
detailed kind of, well, this is why this happens, this is why that's happened. A lot of people don't care. It's one of the reasons why you and I can criticise the, particularly the second two movies in the most recent trilogy and yet they still made a ton of money because a lot of people went to see them and it's just like well yeah you kind of just roll with the plot and watch the spectacle and that's why they make as much money as they do so to take time to try and erase those movies from continuity with a multiverse or a time travel thing or anything like that first of all i think those are very difficult narratively to pull off well and i think most of the people watching them don't give a crap yep. and i think yeah. that it would be interesting to see if they could pull it off because i would love to see a, a, a good luke skywalker movie but at this point i say you just move on and make good movies you know my uh, fear is that. they're going what, to stay make... yeah they, they keep wanting to put darth vader in movies stop it yeah you know yeah. mandalorian like, show you, know, the... you can move beyond you know the skywalker saga and be very successful well, that's that's one of the things I said in the in the Facebook comment is that that is an exact exact example of how to capture the essence of what is Star right. Wars, yep. yeah, and bring it along, bring it along, uh, and make good storytelling out, out of it without having to involve a lot of legacy characters. Yep. And, and my understanding yeah, I know is towards- Disney pretty much gave Favreau complete control to do whatever he wanted yeah. to do with no exactly. input at all from Kathleen Kennedy. And and, she is very upset that it's as successful as it is because it shows that she doesn't know what she's doing. What she's doing, yeah. Or she doesn't. And yeah, the problem is there's no any attempt she she does to try and get involved now is going to look like her shoehorning herself onto something that's been successful. Well, so so hopefully that will keep her off. Even the the I know towards towards the end of I know towards the end of the and the Mandalorian they started to bring in some stuff from particularly from the Clone Wars. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, they, they are starting to move it on from where it was, but I hope they continue to well, do that with a light touch. I, I think with John Favreau and Dave Fioni in there, because let's, let's be honest, Dave Fioni is a spiritual successor to Lucas. Yeah. He learned and at again, Lucas's like, knee, and he understands. Yeah. Have you watched any of the shows about the making of it? Uh, I, you know, I, I spotted those on Disney Plus the other day and thought I must sit down and watch them. But it's extremely them. interesting. Some of it, mostly, yeah. um, I like the making of. I don't, I don't need such in depth about every single thing, including how they made the music, and I don't need that much. Yeah. I get it that Disney's just trying to capitalize on the success of the Mandalorian and keep interest well, out there I, until I, the I, new no, season. Not, comes I don't in. think it's just that. I, th- I think when they make shows like that. I think they don't want to exclude. I think they want to, they want to have a broad brush over the entire pre- creative process. Let's face it: if you've written and performed um, all the music for for the Mandalorian, right? If they then do a, about the making the Mandalorian show and you get five minutes, then you're going to feel a little bit shortchanged. Mm, I don't and know. And so, so clearly, the I think I think the documentary makers who work on those sorts of projects try very hard to. You know, cover all the bases and include a, a lot of people who you, perhaps you might not think about. So I, I, I think I understand why. I, I think it. it's a little it's bit too it. much. Um, I mean, it, it's too much inside the actor studio stuff. I, this right. We, I don't need to know. You know, this is how we put this screw into this set to make the. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think it does highlight the collaboration between Fioni. Um, and Favreau, that they both just real number one. John Favreau is the 21st century Steven Spielberg. He really, yeah. really is. I mean, I think the guy is. I don't even say underrated at this point because I think everybody knows he's not. Uh, I don't care if you like the the live action stuff he did in Disney, taking you know both Lion King and uh, Jungle Book and realizing them in. I don't care if you like them or not, because they told exactly the same story, just updated the technology. Um, yeah. I'm okay well, with it. He, yeah, I think he delivered on the brief yep. there, and I think, you know, I've not seen The Lion King, but I, I saw The Jungle Book, and I thought, you know what, he changed enough to make it interesting yep. and relatable to a modern audience, and not only that, he pulled it off narratively yep. uh, and creatively in a way that, I mean, you just, 
you just buy the technology straight yep. off and at that point you don't care that you're watching CG. effectively animated right. characters yep. yeah. so i think that right. he is the modern day steven spielberg and if people get out of his way and let him play with whatever properties he wants to that you own you're going to be a benefit of it um and including i i love it if he actually started doing his own stuff which he he hasn't done i mean he he played with yeah. iron man he played with star wars he plays with the Disney classic stuff. No, oh, he, he has some design stuff. He did that Chef movie. That oh, really that's good. right. Yeah, and that was good. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed yeah. Chef, actually. So I yeah. think he is brilliant. Dave Fioni yeah. is the ultimate fanboy that learned under the master for the stuff that he was so into. And he is bringing that sensibility and combine that with Favreau. And that's why you get something like The Mandalorian, which I well, so you know, appreciate. Yeah. So we're seeing a theme here because we're now talked about three different properties. Yep. Yeah. Marvel, DC, uh, and Star Wars. Um, and, in t- and, and certainly in two of them. To a lesser extent with Marvel, though I think um, you know, we recognize what happened there as well. The people who, who worked on the cartoons are the ones who know what's going yep. on. And when you give them an opportunity to then work in the live-action space, they hit it out of the park. And if you don't, then you get a mess. You know, I mean, I mean, it's pretty much it's pretty much play for play what's going on there. Um, and at this point, I don't understand why the people behind the studio don't recognize this. If you cut your teeth in animation when it comes to this um, science fiction fantasy stuff, then it will often very well set you up to be a really, really good deliverer of live action content for this. For these and content. he actually addresses exactly that in... It's 100% correct what you just said. With that, we're going to wrap up this episode of Geek Geeks Pub. We'd love to get feedback from you guys. It's uh, the show at geekspub.com or geekspubpodcast.com. See, I almost screwed that up again. Um, of course, you can just go to geekspubpodcast or mymac.com and leave a message there, and we'll read them here on the show. If you'd like to join us one of these days, if there's a specific topic, um, all you have to do is be up at 7.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on a Sunday, and you can come. So that rules out like 90%, 95% of anybody listening. Uh, I'm extremely tired yeah, because the, I was up British, all night long listening to fireworks until yeah. 2 a.m. in the neighborhood. But I tell you what, our British fans, um, you've got no excuse. It's 12.30 when you you this here. On a Sunday, you, you, you you're not, do, you you're not doing it. You're not at the pub. No. Uh, well, not until recently. Will you come to this um, pub? You don't need a lot of equipment. You just need a computer or even an iPhone and yeah. a, a microphone plugged into it. You know what I really wanted to do was do this late in actual drink drink. I don't drink a whole lot, but I'd be happy to drink once a week or once every two weeks to do the show and start out with maybe two in me, nice and relaxed. And by the time we're done, we're arguing and fighting and that'd be awesome. Well, I think, I think having two um, hard alcoholic drinks before 7 30 in the morning is what's known as a fine american That's tradition why I said we would most, do it late. people <laughs> jeez uh, <laughs> um yeah the, the problem for that would be like two in the morning for me um that's the difficulty yeah, i know uh well in, funnily enough tonight i am doing a virtual whiskey tasting which i'm very very much looking forward to well enjoy that um, let us know how it goes and yeah. we'll be back in <laughs> one week with another episode of tech fan see you then See you then. Bye.